This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. This is Jeremy and Eric here with Bucket Talk Powered by Brunt. On this episode, we have Will Posey and Jackson Kahn. Both are mechanics, but before we jump in, Eric, what's been going on? All right, so a lot of action going on in my day job over at Brunt. Two exciting things. We launched our brand new Shevlin hoodie. It's a killer hoodie, priced right at only 60 bucks. It's got an incredible uh, big belly pocket with a tech pocket inside for your phone or keys. Extended waist by an inch and a half, hard hat compatible. What else do you need? Super cozy for that fall weather. We also introduced our Marin 8-inch finally in a soft toe. We heard from a ton of folks that didn't need the safety toe. They wanted to wear that boot, especially going into the colder months. And uh, so, yeah, getting those two live was a, was a bear, and they're starting to crank now. So we got a lot of action going on. What about you? Speaking of the fall, we just got five quarts delivered up at the farm. So it's been all hands on deck with the family, getting it all stacked. But uh, this time around, my daughter took an interest into uh, stacking the wood. So she started helping us and then uh, turn, turned to me and goes, Dad, if I do it all, can uh, can I get 100 bucks?" <laughs> so we'll see when I get back if, if that uh, task has been achieved. But uh, yeah, no, it's pretty cool to see the young ones working. All right. All right. And uh, as a big thanks to the folks joining us on our podcast today, we've got a special code CRANE10 that you can use for $10 off your first purchase of $60 or more, whether it's a pair of boots, pants, apparel, or a couple accessories from us. You can use CRANE10 at checkout, C-R-A-N-E 10. All right. Let's dig in. Today, we're here with Jackson Khan of Khan Equipment Rental and Will Posey of Big Oak Garage. Boys, welcome. Thanks for having us. Hell yeah. Thanks for having us. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So this is going to be a unique podcast. Jackson and Will are friends, and we're going to get more into their relationship and how this all formed out. But um, let's start with Jackson. Jackson, where are you based out of? Kind of want to get a little sense of what you do, how you got into it. And then uh, once Jackson's done, we'll get right into Will and figure out how this story evolved. Yeah, so uh, I'm from a little small town about 45 minutes south of uh, Birmingham, Alabama. It's called Silicaga. We're not really known for much, but uh, we got marble and marble quarries, and it's really about it. But um, my background's more of a – we have a – crane rental business and uh, ready-mix concrete and uh, industrial welding and fabrication that uh, this year we are 76 years in the business. Wow. That's a long time, actually. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm third generation. And then, so we do that as a day job. And then, you know, that's our 7.30 to 5.36 o'clock to whenever. And then when we get done with that, we uh, make it back home to our shop and start working on the phone. Nice, nice, good fun stuff. project. About it, me. Nice, nice. Well, give me a little background about yourself. All right, so I'm from a little small town in Alabama called Hope's Bluff, about an hour north of Birmingham. So, me and Jackson, about an hour and forty-five minutes apart. I'm a graduate of McPherson College. I have a degree in automobile restoration. Grew up drag racing, building hot rods with my dad. Something that I always wanted to do. Uh, 2007 opened up a shop called Big Oak Garage, and just man, 
had never looked back. Just been building hot rods and touring the country and got a customer base of some of the best dudes on the planet that just kind of let me go crazy with their projects and spend a bunch of their money and build them cool, cool cars. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, I mean, I'm in the automotive trade and it's been only up until recently that I started to hear about automotive restoration degree. Like I, I it was always like UTI, you know, Wyotech, you know, there was a couple up in like Michigan that I actually offered two and four year automotive degrees because they were up by the GM plant and stuff like that. But that's crazy. So what did you learn? Was it just like actual tear yeah. down old cars or? Yeah, absolutely. So actually this program has been around since the seventies. Um, it's the only school in the country where you can actually get a real degree in automotive restoration. So I have associates in technology and automobile restoration. And you start off by learning how to weld. And then you learn how to rebuild an engine. And then you learn how to tear a car down. You learn how to do paint and body work. You learn how to do interior. You know, And it, you're just learning the basics of all of this stuff. So once you become you know, your, your last semester, you can kind of pick and choose what you like the best. So I like metal fab. So I went to the metal fab side and, and did as much of that as I could. Nice. Nice. And Jackson, you did it the down and dirty way and just got it, your hands dirty and, and learned. Yeah. So, uh, kind of got down and dirty. And then, so, so I graduated high school. I'm young. I'm very young. I graduated high school in 2017 and uh, I'd been around the whole crane rental and industrial fab and concrete my whole life. So I, I always loved doing uh, hot rods and building cars and custom motorcycles. My dad, that was kind of his uh, getaway from the whole construction world was to build old cars and motorcycles. And so in 2018, I ended up moving up to Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, got the opportunity to internship with a a guy named Brian Fuller. He owns a company called Fuller Moto. He did. Uh, he was on a couple seasons of uh, overhauling right when they started. And so I learned a lot of metal fab from him, and how to do a lot of a lot of my TIG welding and metal shaping, and you know all those all those sorts of stuff. So I learned a lot from a lot of people, and then a lot of stuff I had to I kind of had to pick up on my own. So uh, it's been a wild journey. I've kind of bounced around. I'm out of the I'm uh, currently doing an apprenticeship program out of the local 312 union, the operator's local right now. So I'm kind of, you know, all over the place, but we're making it happen. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, so give me a little story on, on how you guys met and what this partnership means and what you guys are into right now. So (laughs) here we go. Right. So I got approached by Courtney Hanson to do a TV show with her called uh, Ride of Your Life. And we got over there and started meeting some of the guys that wanted to participate and figured out pretty quick that, yeah, I didn't know if these guys would work out. You know, they had automotive backgrounds, but it wasn't classic car background. There's a big difference between working on a new BMW and a, you know, a 55 Chevrolet. Not saying those guys didn't have skills. They did, but just not where we needed them to have skills at. We organized the build crew, and we figured out real quick that we were extremely shorthanded. And that's where Jackson's name got brought up. So Jackson came in, what, about the fourth week we were filming? Yeah, it was the fourth week. So Jackson came in, and, dude, me and him hit it off, I mean, immediately. 
You know, they say love at first sight. Yeah, me and Jackson, we had love at first sight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My eyes and Will's eyes locked to each other. And it's like, you know when somebody you're in love with somebody and you're like oh my gosh that's my first and that's exactly happened it's like it's like going on a big shutdown and like you always find that one guy that's your friend well you know that'll be just your friend for those few months you're on that shutdown well this was a whole different experience for me me and will man now we're lifetime friends after all this. i mean seriously it was that quick that we hit it off i think we wound up at the bar that night together and that was when it really started clicking. <laughs> it was kind of cool how all that worked out. And then, you know, the craziest thing about it was Jackson came in and him and Caleb Paris known RJ on the show. They stole the show, you know, between Mikey, RJ, and, and Jackson. The show would be crap without those three guys. Jackson makes the funniest comments, and they say never look at the camera. He's always making a little smart-ass comment, and you'll stare at the camera. It's hilarious. But, yeah, we just hit it off, like I said, love at first sight. And, uh, I mean, I don't think there's a week goes by. We don't talk on the phone. And, hell, he's bought projects from me, and I've got stuff from him. And, you know, it's just pretty cool how it all worked out. That's awesome. And, and I actually wanted to bring it back a little bit further. A lot of, a lot of young kids, a lot of you know guys in their twenties and thirties, are they get on Instagram and they see all these big things that big people can do. But y'all are two normal fellas. And how did you get to this point? Was it, you know, if, if you could tell a younger version of you, this is the steps you need to succeed in life to get to where I am right now. What would you tell a younger version of yourself? One word is passion got to have a passion to do this. If it's not what you eat, breathe, sleep, shit, you know, you're just going to be another normal guy out there trying to make a living doing something, you know? Yeah. yeah Sacrifice. Will sums that up a lot. You know, I've got a lot of older friends, and I'm only 23 years old, so I go see a lot of younger guys all the time, whether it's getting into the welding field, the crane operating or excavating pipeline work. And they're like, just wanting to get into anything. A bunch of their questions are like, you know, how did you get to where you are? And it's like, you got to sacrifice a lot. You know, there's a lot of time away from your family that's got to be spent. But, you know, it's like Will said, it gets back to passion. You know, if you've got the passion to do it and you've got the will to do it, you can make it happen. That's a great point. I mean, there's a ton of us out in the trade. There's a ton of us that are talented, but you got to push for it. You got to want it. So, no, I, I agree with you. To be top 1%, top 2% in the industry, I mean, whether it's NASCAR, whether, you know, like me and Will were talking earlier about autocross and stuff like that, his on time and off time is living and breathing auto. It's definitely something that you need to uh, keep in perspective if, if this is what you want to do. I've always been raised to look at it as, yeah, you might think you're good and you might think you know what you're doing, but there's always somebody else out there that is better than you. So you've got to always be working towards achieving bigger goals. You know, you can celebrate and 
congratulate yourself on this goal that was made. But while you're celebrating congratulating yourself, there's somebody else in the shop grinding, working in their books, learning new things so they can be one step ahead of you or whoever else. They're competing with their self or competing. There's always going to be somebody else one step ahead of you. So you've got to keep yourself head down, driven, and ready to go. That brings up a good point because at one of the shops I first started at, I was probably, I don't know, 20, 21, 22. Anyway, I was getting good at everything. Right. But it was just a little auto, you know, shop that did front end work, brakes, alignment, stuff like that. And I I found myself to be the top. And then I found myself not learning. Right. I, I realized that, you know, I needed to go to another job or another experience and work for somebody again, because being the top dog at this age in my life was not doing me any favors. Yeah, it was great. I'm the boss, but it wasn't, like I said, doing me any favors. So you're right. You got to keep, you got to keep driving. You got to keep pushing for it. Yeah. There's always, it don't matter if you're in the number one spot or you're, you know, a hundred, there's always somebody behind you looking to uh, get ahead of you. Mm -hmm. So what is the challenge that you guys are facing right now? What's your, what's your biggest challenge that um, you guys are up against? I'd say the biggest thing I struggle with right now is keeping Jackson happy, you know? I mean, he's such a good-looking dude, and everybody's coming after him, and, you know, I'm just trying to keep him happy, Oh, right? no. Oh, no. I would... <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you where, like, in, in our industry, you're always trying to outdo yourself, you know? You're, the next one needs to be better than the last one. And in the hot rod industry... You know, not every car has an open checkbook budget. So, you know, that's one of the things that's tough is, okay, we just finished a 61 Impala that kind of set the world on fire this year. Let's go ahead and jump on that real quick for a second, Will. Like, not just any 61 Impala, the dirty martini, which is absolutely <laughs> the dirtiest, nastiest, most badass. Like, I don't know. I'm fixing to get a hard on if I don't stop talking. So, go ahead. <laughs> You know, and, and and so when you try to top a car like that, it's kind of tough. Not that I'm trying to top that car. I'm, you know, I got to build cars for my customers. You know what I mean? I got to make them happy. And um, if they don't want a car like that, then I'm not going to build them a car like that. So that that's one of the things. Mentally, you always trying to outdo yourself, but not every chance you get to do that. You know what I mean? It's always tough finding people that have the same passion and drive as you do right now i'm great i've got a group of 10 dudes at the shop that love it they can't get enough of it. you know in the past i struggled pretty pretty hard with finding the right guys to put on the team that work together and ain't shit talking and liars and crap like that you know that's always a struggle being a small business you know in a niche in a niche market as well yeah yeah Tell me more about this this show, this build that you guys were doing. The kind of the gist of the whole deal is um, so everybody's got a car or a truck or a vehicle that they had before, wish they wanted, and they always wanted it back, always coming up to you saying, man, I really wish I had this car back, but I wish I'd have done this. You know, it's just kind of everybody always has something they want it back. So what uh, what is brewed up with this show is uh, what we do is, is uh, we find somebody with that story. And uh, we build their dream car for them. We build the car they used to have and bring it back to them. And uh, you've got an amazing host, Will Posey and Courtney Hansen. And we uh, 
Will's builder. Will gets in there and gets with it, and you know that's the only way we can make it happen is somebody with Will's expertise to guide us along through some of this stuff because we do get in some situations where you know like we're like, oh crap, we don't know how to do this, and Will comes in, but that's what we'll do. So we'll build these cars in a essentially it's a two and a half weeks. We'll build a full car from floor pan up and plan a reveal. We'll uh, we'll surprise the person getting the uh, vehicle with the car, and it's pretty awesome. Some of these guys they. Uh, and basically all of them, they really get, they really get emotional about it. You know, they're like, you know I mean? It'd be like somebody giving you a 69 Camaro. <laughs> you know, it's like, so you, you said that, that, uh, you know, he helps you through some things. What, what are some of the challenges that you guys faced on a daily basis? I mean, are you talking about like the car was hit and you didn't, and you thought it was pristine and now you got doing a ton of body work. Are you talking about mismatched parts and you thought it was a whole car? Like, what are we at? Use the Volkswagen as an example. Oh, the Volkswagen for sure. All right, so Will's going to have to probably jump in a little bit and get the numbers, the year models right. So we're building a 73 Volkswagen Super B. Mm-hmm. Convertible. Convertible. And um, lots of rust. There's no floor pans in this thing. And, like, I mean, so we build the back package tray. and well, let's, I, let's, let's, let's back up a minute here. We buy this car out of a barn. Exactly. All right? It looks like it's original paint. It looks like an original top. And it looks solid as the day is long. Yeah. We are so excited when we <laughs> roll this car in the shop because every car that had come in the shop to do was a total piece of shit. I mean, gone, garbage. All right. Well, I'm talking about so, like doing four pans in six hours kind of stuff, like on deadlines. Like Yes. So we get this little Volkswagen in the shop, and we blast it, and it's gone. <laughs> it's just like the rest. Of it. you got to be kidding me, right? Like, I mean, it was solid, but when we blast this car, the wind picked the car up and put it in the bay. It was gone. It's like, son of a bitch. Like... We thought we had something good here. Yep. Now it's gone. It had, it had the wrong gear model top on it. <laughs> they had welded the convertible top on this car. Uh, so we couldn't take the convertible top off to do all the paint and body work. So it had to stay on there the whole time. And then we ordered the convertible top for it. And, you know, we ordered it for that car. Well, the top was for a, either an earlier or later model Volkswagen. I can't remember. Luckily, Ricky Howard did the interior in the Volkswagen, and he was able to slice and dice that top and make it work. I mean, it's stuff like that the entire the entire show. Moral of all that is like, Will, if Will wouldn't have been there, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Like, I'd be like, all right, let's go find another car. Like, this one was <laughs> all but we should have never blasted should have just you know yeah. put a little paint on it went down to sherwin williams grabbed some paint sprayed it on there people don't realize that i mean i got a story the same thing this car came from meekum guy just bought it spent a boatload of money it was a 57 convertible so he brings it to the shop and he has cracking so obviously you know bondo's popping all that stuff so we get into it we realize that even though the vin tag is correct that it's a convertible the body is not a convertible. Somebody chopped it and made it look like it. So we're just like, oh, my God. And that's when we kind of learned about Meekum and everything. Like, not to shit on Meekum or anything like that. But I always was under the assumption that if you got something from Meekum, that it was a good product. 
And that's not the case. There's an ass for every seat. You can sell whatever the fuck you want there as long as it as long as uh, it runs through. Yeah, dude. I mean, the guy probably put, I don't know, he probably put seventy, eighty thousand dollars into just restoring a car that he probably already spent fifty, sixty thousand dollars at me come on. I mean, it was it was a lot. It was it was crazy. And it was a painful process because they're just bitter from the start. You know what I mean? And, and, and there's no winning with this build. Unfortunately, that's, that's very common with auction cars. It's not the auction company's fault. You know, it's not Meekum or Barrett Jackson. They're wow. their fault because, you know, you send pictures of the car and they accept you over pictures. You know, they're not there to physically inspect every car. They can't. But the person selling the car knows that, very few people are going to come up and really, really, really inspect that car. They're going to be sitting in the audience, half blitzed out of their mind, and they're going to buy it because they like it, you know? Yeah. And uh, then they get it back home and they start looking at it and they're like, oh, shit, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> we used to get the, you know, the little old lady, her husband passed away and that was that was his car. And then she didn't know what to do with it. So that they sent it to auction or whatever. So she yeah. even has plausible deniability. It was her husband's nightmare, but he happened to pass. So now he's got to, somebody else is going to deal with it. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know, some of these people, they build these cars, and their motto is, as long as the car outlives you, that's all that matters. Yeah, I've seen some pretty horrible cars. And I think there's a lot of people that really, uh, really live by that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they are. Go to Pigeon Forge during Rod Run and look at the cars for sale out there. Well, it's amazing, too, because, you know, you go to, like, Carlisle up to the car show up there, and now we're telling people when I was in the business, you're better off going there, looking at a car, buying it for twenty grand, has clean paint, is straight body, you know, has some under-the-hood work done, and then you make it yours versus trying to build it from the ground up. You're going to spend... So much money doing a, a full restoration, and you never get it back. Easy now. That's what I do for a living now. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, we'll cut that out then. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm I'm giving you shit. I tell every customer that comes into my shop, I'm like, listen, if you're looking for us to build you a car and then you sell it and make money, you need to leave right now. <laughs> we're we're the our custom tailored Armani suit of building hot rods. Yeah, the seat's going to be where you want it. The shifter's going to be where you want it. The AC controls are going to be where you want it. It's going to be whatever color you want. If the color don't exist, guess what? We'll make the color exist. You know, can't find the wheels you want. Will and then we just sit down with a piece of paper and start drawing you some wheels. And guess what? They'll have them made for you. Exactly. So you know, I I think you need to leave that in there. I was just giving you shit because there's. Oh, I'm I'm definitely going to leave it in there. That's good. That's good. That is definitely the truth. You know, if you're looking to just have a car and eventually sell it, you need to go buy something that's close to what you want and then make it your own. It's 100% right because, I mean, we had those – we had some big-budget guys, and they were able to do it, but you get, like, a middle-of-the-road guy in there that just retired on a fixed income, and he wants his dream car, and you're like – you got. You almost got to lay it all out there for him. You know, I I don't know. I've seen guys lose their shirt. I've seen guys be real happy. I mean – we had a guy put a coyote into a, like a '90s Mustang, and it was. We put the engine in it and wiring harness and everything. It was great. And then he did some like 
lights and some other stuff and just like he had wires running across the engine and he had like <laughs> it was it was awful but then he brought it back and was like the dash that i didn't want you guys to hook up because it was too much money i want you to hook it up now we're like dude you you butchered it like we can't do anything I mean, it's gonna cost you too much money to do it so it's a wild world in the automotive industry let me tell you will what do you like to do yes, outside of work well when i'm not working i'm either racing at the autocross or uh, cooking. I'm a food snob. <laughs> yeah. So I like barbecuing and smoking food and, you know, having parties at the house and a lot of people over and stuff like that. So I'm, <laughs> you know, 99% of the time I'm doing something automotive related. So it's either that or cooking or, you know, we take a pretty good vacation every year. That That's about it. I don't hunt. I don't fish. You know, I guess I'm kind of a boring person, really. At the at the end of the day, nobody really gets into this question with a good answer. It's always, you know, when you're talking to the top in their trade, that's all they're focused on, and that's all they're they're doing is is really, you know, they're eating, breathing, sleeping. Jackson, what do you like doing? Yeah, so I'm pretty much the same as Will. So like, you know, Will gets to play around with the hot rods all day long. So which is I'm so jealous of. So we're around all the cranes and the welding and all that. So uh, usually it uh, surrounds around me either being in the shop, working on my own projects, or uh, doing a lot of motorcycle riding. We do a uh, pretty good bit of motorcycle riding right now when the weather's getting out of summer, kind of easing into fall. We got not as hot outside, but down here in Alabama, still scorching. But, uh, yeah, so we do some motorcycle trips and go ride and, yeah, and you just hang out and – I love going up to the mountains, riding. Do you ride that Indian that you just built or no? We don't ride the, the Indians much. We'll put about, when we finish the Indians, we'll put about a mile on them. We've got a little private collection put together that uh, we drain all the fluids out of them, and then we'll put them up, and then every now and then we'll pull a few out. But we primarily build just straight Indian motorcycles, but it's kind of funny. We'll do, uh, but we, all, we ride Harleys. So we're not necessarily, we're just a uh, motorcycle and automotive people. So uh, I've got a couple of new Indians that we ride, but and when it comes down to the older Indian stuff, we, uh, we get so much time and stuff put into them that with all the crazy people on the road nowadays, you know, God forbid we get an accident, but I'd rather get an accident on a newer bike than an accident on one of my old bikes. <laughs> so, so growing up as a kid, I, I was, I grew up a little bit in Springfield, but then moved just outside of the suburbs of, of Springfield. But my dad used to take me down to essentially the birthplace of Indian motorcycles in Springfield, Massachusetts, but they have, um, where the plant was, they still have a, a Indian motorcycle museum. It is downtrodden, but it still has all the bikes there. Have you ever been up that way? No, I haven't. So that we're planning on doing that trip. So the Indian motorcycle stuff runs pretty deep with us. I've got uh, I've got pictures uh, from in my hometown of uh, in 1910. My great 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 uncle on an Indian motorcycle. So like we've been trying to make that way up there. I was like, you know how cool it'd be to give them that picture and be like, look. You know, these motorcycles, look, this is where it was in 1910 in small town Alabama. You know, here's your Indian motorcycles right here. Yeah, yeah. So I've always wanted to make my way up that way to come check it out. Well, you should come up that way during bike week. Laconia, New Hampshire. Pass right through uh, through Springfield and on up to Laconia. That's a good time, too, bike week up there. 
Yeah, hey, sure. hey, hey, Jackson, you know if we go up that way, we'll have to have subtitles, right? Yeah, we definitely will have to have subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you just fine, all right? <laughs> or maybe, maybe you guys need subtitles for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're ever up this way, you know you guys got to stop by and uh, – yeah, hopefully we're gonna we're gonna run in NASCAR again next uh, July for our Loudon race, which is up in New Hampshire too. So that's always a blast. But uh, that would be that would be fun. But this is the end of the show. Y'all have been amazing. Will Jackson have been uh, awesome. But if anybody wants to kind of learn more about the industry, catch you on a TV show, kind of learn more about you know, the ins and outs, uh, will, where can they find you? And then Jackson, you can follow it up after. All right. So I'm on, uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. It's a uh, big Oak garage. Uh, I have a Twitter account, but I don't do a lot with it. Uh, I got a TikTok account. Don't do a lot with that. You can always go to bigoakgarage.com. TV show is a uh, ride of your life. There's a Facebook and Instagram on it. Uh, the show airs on Wednesday nights. Eastern is 10 o'clock. Central's 9 o'clock. Or you can watch it on the Motor Trend app on Wednesday. I think it's open all day on Wednesday. So you can check us out on uh, on the TV show or Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Uh, if anybody young is wondering how to get into the industry, you know, I get this a lot. Man, hit me up on, on Instagram. And, you know, I'd be more than happy to have a conversation with you. And I've got friends that have hot rod shops all over the country. So I've actually gotten young guys jobs in hot rod shops that wanted to get their foot in the door. You know, a lot of these hot rod shops are a little intimidating to walk into because uh, they're a little private. And, you know, just about everybody that owns a hot rod shop to the level of Big Goat Garage, we're all anal retentive assholes. You know, <laughs> nothing, nothing's good enough. A lot of us are not real personable people because we're so focused on our craft. We're not assholes. We're just extremely focused on what we do for a living and want to make it perfect. So some of the guys are a little hard to approach. Um, but, man, if there's any kid out there that, that wants to get into this trade, uh, more than more than happy to help out. Awesome. And Jackson? Yeah, sweet. So I'm the same way. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and the old TikTok. Uh, you can find me at uh, it's Jackson period con C O N N. You know the same thing that Will said. You know we come on uh, Motor Trend TV every Wednesday night, Eastern Time ten and Central Time nine. So yeah, and like you know, if there's any kids out there that want to hit me up, I kind of come at a little more personable level. I'm like I said, I'm 23 years old, so they can hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, or or whatever TikTok, and we can have a chat and I can tell you kind of my, more of my story and kind of what's got me to where I'm at. And you never know, it might help them to get them where they want to be. Hell yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk with you guys. Great to get to know you. And, uh, thanks for being on. Hell yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us. Anytime brother. All right, folks. And remember to use crane 10 at checkout for $10 off your next purchase of $60 or more. 